So did you see last week, we missed it in like our show notes and on the pod last week, even though it was a pretty big story. I don't know how we missed it. But did you see like sort of our last effort before the evacuation? No, I don't think so. Well, let me tell you about it. Apparently, we were following this dude and I think a white Honda, white Toyota or something, because we saw him, we caught him on like satellite images loading up these big like jug type things into his car. And he had gone to like this uh, this place that we thought was affiliated with like ISIS-K or some terrorist organization, like a safe house and everything. Right, right, right. And then going back, right? So on his way somewhere, we hit him with a with a um, Hellfire missile on some real Call of Duty shit, right? Just in real life. Someone hit a 15 kill streak. Yeah, <laughs> yeah literally. And then they hit a 10 kill streak, and they murdered seven children. Oh my god! And get this, the dude that they that they fucking bombed. Wasn't the right guy. I hate them. <laughs> he had loaded water jugs into his uh, into his car, and he was delivering them from his like. Eight, he worked for an NGO that was based in California, that office in Afghanistan, of course. And he was delivering it back to his neighborhood, which had a water shortage. Oh, so he was just being nice. Yeah, he was just being a Jesus good guy. Christ. And then we murdered him and nine unrelated civilians, seven of which were children. We are actually war criminals. We literally, we we entered Afghanistan with war crimes and we're leaving with war crimes. Crazy, hey, right? It comes full circle. Oh god. We're making like, ends meet. Really the circle connects it the, the dead <laughs> end. Really just bookending our imperialist endeavors over there. You got a massive it. tragedy <laughs> and boosting Taliban recruitment. Yeah, radicalizing more people. Literally, literally. someone's village just lost seven children. Yeah, because the actual guy that really did have bombs in the back of his Toyota, they just, like, mixed up the cars, got it, like, went away and bombed somewhere. Bro, how? Yeah, how like, do you, how do you fuck up that badly? How do we have the biggest military in the fucking world, and we mess up that badly and just kill someone's, like, village leader? Oh, or yeah. a leader in a village. Yeah, just a random fucking dude. Yeah. A literal aid worker who worked for America. Yeah, like, an NGO based in America. <laughs> yes. Anyway. You, you, you're telling me these intelligence agencies couldn't cross-reference anything, make sure to confirm this dude's identity. You know how we found out that it was the wrong dude? Oh. The New York Times went in and did some like investigative reporting. Jesus Christ. And all, all they did was just get security camera footage from the NGO. And we're like, yes, this is him. And just oh talk to three people. God, how was the New York Times doing a better job at gathering intelligence than the U.S. military? <laughs> Our intelligence agencies. Yeah. Like, what? I don't know, bro. This is ridiculous. Crazy. It is uh, actually yeah. insane that this happens. No, it's And, this, and this is not an isolated incident. Okay, like, okay. how many times have we killed civilians? Literally all Even the time. Even just in Afghanistan. Like, just, just solely in our affairs in Afghanistan, we have killed so many innocent people. Yeah. Was like, the death toll like 500,000? Yeah, and it's been a bipartisan thing. Oh, yes, like, it has. Four administrations. Talk about bipartisanship and shit Joe Manchin <laughs> yeah. loves to see. <laughs> Joe Manchin. <laughs> we got a packed episode for you guys this week. On that, leaving that somber note and going into mm, some more mild news, some more uh, economic news. Welcome to Head in the Office, episode 11. That's right. Welcome to the your favorite bipartisan podcast, because we give every <laughs> yeah. side yeah. a space to talk here, you know? And you then know? we shit on both of them consistently. Factual, factual. Uh, welcome back to Head in the Office, everyone. I, I hope you're having a good day. I hope yeah. you're having a good day listening to yeah, the Yeah, having pod. a good week, you know. Looking we, forward to the episode. Here yeah, it is. Yeah, we got lots to talk about. Uh, we'll talk about the, the new tax plan that just dropped from the Democrats in the House, We'll talk about Gavin Newsom's recall election results. You know, we got to talk about AOC at the Met Gala. And then um, some updates on September 
was it 18th yeah which turned out to be very disappointing it was just well a, oh, disappointing in the best yeah, way. yeah yeah exactly exactly Dis- it did don't not get <laughs> i don't want to get us flagged on youtube again <laughs> it, it, uh, it did not meet expectations but that's very good that's very good right, right, right. Yeah, yeah for for good reason for good <laughs> yes. reason uh but before we get into the episode make sure to give us a five-star review on apple oh yeah they're coming in uh make sure to to follow us on youtube on TikTok, TikTok, uh, pretty hook much up it, with our right? Patreon. Ooh, Maybe one know. day we'll figure out how to consistently get full video episodes. Facts, yeah. <laughs> and we'll, I, we'll figure out what we actually want to do with the YouTube, yeah, whether yeah. or not clips or full episodes. <laughs> we'll get it going. We'll get there. We'll if get you're there. one of our patrons, shit, direct message us. Yeah, Tell us what you think. Ideas. Literally, like, feel free to. Maybe we can get some like polls going in there. They can vote on stuff. Oh, democracy. Facts. Yeah. Oh, of course. Of you course. know, just a little direct democracy for you guys. Anyways, exactly. uh, we do have one five star review that we'd like to read off. We said at the beginning of each episode Smooth. we'd read these off. Um, it's from Jack Esther with the subject line "Doobie Jubies." Oh. He says, or they, they say, uh, sending some positive jubies to two homies with which I wish to smoke doobies. Wow. That's a that's a poem. That's probably the best review. That we have ever got or will ever get. <laughs> you know what, Jack Esther? I appreciate you. <laughs> I really appreciate that, actually. That's, and thank you for the five-star review. It's pretty good. If you want to have your five-star review read on the pod, just leave it. We'll yeah, just leave it. it. Maybe you'll top that one. Probably not, though. Hey, <laughs> hey, keep your aspirations high. Maybe. Exactly, Maybe exactly. you can do it. Maybe you The can bar is set high. Jack anyway. Esther? You're doing great. Anyways, getting into our news coverage. First, we'll start off with the House Democrats tax plan. You've heard us talk a lot about the reconciliation bill that's going along with the infrastructure plan that's in Congress. And just a reminder, the reconciliation bill is going to include what Democrats are basically calling like human or social infrastructure. Yeah. Things like environmental standards and subsidies, investments in healthcare and the ACA, extending tax credits, maternal leave, and a bunch of other good stuff. Mm-hmm. Generally good stuff that we support. Yeah. Um, and we'd like to see passed. But this bill is poised to being voted on soon, although Joe Manchin has said it's going to take a lot longer. But most people, I think, have set the deadline. I think the deadline for them was actually September 15th. I think they said that they wanted it. The 15th already passed. Right. That's what yeah. I'm saying. Yeah, facts. Yeah. I think what they want to vote on now is the 27th. And Joe Manchin on CNN said, not yeah. going to happen. Yeah. But we'll get to that. Yeah. We'll, we'll get to that. Break that um, anyway, they want to have it done soon. We'll see if it gets done soon. Anyways. Um, this bill is going to be voted on at some point, hopefully in September. Mm-hmm. And House Democrats have unveiled their tax plan that they will use to raise the money or the funds that they need to pay for everything in the reconciliation yeah. bill. Which again is, and I, I've said we shouldn't say the number, but it's three point five trillion. Exactly. Just keep yeah, that in mind. Three point five trillion. Mind. So uh, we've got a bit of a list here that we can go through and talk about uh, each tax increase. And some people probably won't care about this that much, but it is pretty important when we're talking about how money is being spent and how the working class is being supported. Yes, and whether or not the rich are paying their fair share as well as corporations and other things of the like. Which, know? um, spoiler alert, they're still not going yeah. to be yeah. <laughs> Spoiler alert, the plan, it's only a plan right now, keep that in mind, is very lackluster. Yeah. Like, it's kind of very yeah. disappointing, even actually. Before we get into this, like, fully, um, there's usually this idea in politics that you ask for more than you think you'll get. Yeah. Which is really <laughs> shocking. <laughs> Because this is as high as they're willing to ask for. So they must be anticipating getting much lower. Or just fucking nothing, I probably, guess. Probably. Anyways. Anyways. Uh, to start off, we've got a corporate tax increase from 21% to 26.5%. Which, before the Trump tax cuts yeah. in 2017, I think, it was 35%. And Biden was calling for 28%. And Joe Manchin called for 25%. Yeah, Joe Manchin's calling for a competitive rate of 25%. Yeah, he refused to define, like... 
necessarily what that means. So apparently, um, pre-2016, we weren't competitive. Yeah, we didn't have a <laughs> booming economy like no. pre-2016. We no. weren't still like on a tremendous path to recovery from 2008. Yeah, you no. know, none of that was going on. Apparently, we were not competitive at all. But 25%, 10% lower than the tax rate yeah. before Donald yeah. Trump. A tax rate that Joe Manchin himself opposed back in 2017 is not competitive anymore. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that's something. You know, you know, it's not like we're still the world's number one economic superpower. It's not like we're just dominating everywhere economically yeah. except yeah. for maybe China. Yeah. And we'll get into this more in a bit probably. But like corporations are not going to leave the American market just oh, because God, we no. tax them more. Are you fucking kidding me? Where the are you, fuck are they going to go? We generate the most money out of any country in the world yeah. by orders of magnitude. Yeah. Especially compared to like any nations that aren't China. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like and these corporations <laughs> yeah. can't go to China. The they won't. like most wealthiest market other than China. Yeah. Like that's it. And if they went to China, fuck, if Walmart went up and moved to China, they'd just be nationalized. They're too big. Bro, Amazon goes to China, they're just the postal service. Literally. <laughs> way too big. Yeah, like, exactly. It's fucked. And that's exactly. how it should be here. <laughs> Loki. Yeah. A little bit. Nationalize not, Amazon. Honestly. We're not saying let's be the same as China. <laughs> no, no, no. Not at all. China. Not at all. I'm saying nationalize Amazon, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That'd be pretty fire. Uh, anyways, we got an increase of the top capital gains tax rate from 20% to 25%. Which, which is just kind of stupid. It's the, it's the closest thing that we are going to get to a wealth tax. Yeah, yeah. Because keep in mind, most people earn most of their money. Like most rich people, multimillionaires. 10 millionaires, 100 millionaires, billionaires are earning a significant portion of their money within the stock market and taking advantage of things like the low capital gains taxes. But like, come on, it was 15, 18, and I think 20% before. Mm -hmm. And now it's just 15, 18, 25. Come on now. That's nothing. And capital gains is just a fancy way of saying letting your capital snowball or not working. Yeah, (laughs) literally. Capital gains is a fancy way of saying you're making money simply because you had money before. You're right. So that shit up that shit right now. Exactly. Biden, Um, it's funny to know, Biden wanted a 40% like top marginal rate within capital gains. That would be crazy. That'd be pretty cool. Still not enough. That'd be pretty cool though. And Joe Manchin is the one who fucks with 25%. So why are we saying 25% off the jump? That's what I'm saying. Why are we not going for more and then bargaining down? That's how usually I would think things work if we're trying to be progressive. Uh, No, no. Because they they just recognize that it's just Joe. You just literally have to do what Joe Manchin wants if you want to get anything through here. Uh, and the next one is the top the top income tax, which is going from this one disappointed me a lot thirty seven percent to thirty nine point six percent, a two point six percent increase, which may not even happen after like debates and negotiations start happening. Yeah, it uh, probably won't happen. Like it'd probably be lower to maybe a one percent increase or some shit. Even though it's only a tax on the highest earners, anyone making above four hundred thousand right. dollars single, like filing like as a single person, and married couples filing jointly making over four hundred fifty thousand dollars. Right. Which, if you're making over four hundred thousand dollars a year, you are already in the top two percent. Yeah, you're fine. So ninety eight percent of people will not be touched, or yeah. even even more than ninety eight percent will not be touched by any of these tax increases. Yes, it's nothing, and even like ninety nine percent of people are barely touched. Right. Because that two point nine percent increase, that's like a couple thousand dollars extra. Yeah, and just to remind you, like if you don't know, taxes work in brackets. Yeah. Like like there's different scales. It's a yeah. sc- it's not a flat it's tax for anybody. A marginal rate. Right. Like exactly. all the the only money being taxed is money like at this new rate of thirty nine point six percent is money earned past four hundred thousand for individuals, four hundred fifty thousand yeah. for married couples. 
you're only losing like a couple extra thousand dollars maybe if you're making that much money yep and the last thing i could find on the democrat tax plan was a three percent surcharge on any income over five million so fucking stupid (laughs) this one is actually just so weak and so minuscule Talk this, about bargaining low. Wasn't this the one that like Elizabeth Warren was going for? Or was that something else? No, she wants a like flat wealth tax on oh, right, straight right, up right, billionaires, right. Okay. which, yeah, but also include 100 millionaires and like tens millionaires, you know? Yeah. It, it, within a wealth tax, if we're talking it, fuck it, include millionaires just in there as well, too, because right. that's already a fuck ton of money. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, fuck that one time wealth tax. That'd be great. Or a yearly wealth tax. Or a weekly wealth tax. Or daily wealth tax. Compounded daily. If if my student loan interest is compounded daily, your wealth tax can also be compounded daily. Suck my dick. That's right. But other than that, so I crunched a little bit of the numbers on this. This 3% surcharge will only apply to any income gained over $5 million. Yep. Right? Yep. So say you make $6 million in a year. The $5 million that you make... 4.5 4.5 million of that is going to be taxed at the new 39.6% rate rather than the 37% rate. You lose a couple thousand dollars. And then on that extra million, you're taxed the 39.6% plus an additional 3%, yep. which puts you at what? 40, 42.6. 42.6 or 41.6? Yeah, 39.6, 41.6, 2.6? 9.6 or no. 12. <laughs> hey, bro, I can't. 42.6. This is not a math podcast. Hey, he's this a step major, though. Podcast. Just keep that hey, in hey, mind. Hey, <laughs> I took calc a long time ago. So this shit is weak. And it's only an extra $30,000 off any additional million earned. Mm-hmm. And I know you are may, you may be thinking, $30,000, that's a lot of money. Because $30,000 is a lot of money to a working class person like you and me, right. me and Jeremy, anyone listening to this, anyone who pretty much holds but leftist views. $30,000 spread across the entire American populace? How <laughs> yeah. much? Yeah. And <laughs> $30,000 off of a million dollars, you still have $970,000. Yeah. Well, not like we still have to consider the extra 39.6 you're taking off, which the the total like raising, like the total tax raise only amounts to losing 56000 extra dollars for every million. Yeah. That's literally a drop in the bucket to these people. Yeah. It's nothing. It's actually nothing. So in totality, with every extra million that someone earns above $5 million, they're taking home $547,000 take-home additional pay yeah. per million. And that alone puts them in the 1%. That additional income puts them in the 1%. Right. And if, if you're being uh, – uh, if you feel a little bit lost in translation here because we're throwing around a lot of numbers – just know that the 3% surcharge is basically fucking nothing. Yeah. I mean, I guess it's better than nothing. Yeah, I guess. But at the same time, it's like politicians protecting capital. Oh, my God. It's 1,000%. They, they, I'm just trying to illustrate that 3% is literally nothing to these people. Yeah. But you are going to see people complaining about it. You are going to see, like, and what annoys me the most is you're going to see, like, dudes, like, 24-year-old hustle dudes that have, like, three drop shipping businesses, even though drop shipping, like, came and went last year two years ago for that matter just simping for capital because they think one day they're going to be this rich you won't you won't i promise you you will not you're going to be a wage slave chances are just like the rest of us exactly very few people like in an infinitely small number of people will make it out when compared to like the general american population or the world population and it probably won't be you. It is time to start advocating for your very best interests. And it won't be us either, by the way. Yeah, it's literally <laughs> not, bro. Stop being a class trader and advocate to tax the rich. That's right. At much higher rates than we're seeing here, mind you. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Because like I said, this 3% is fucking nothing. And I mean, even if we want to talk about taxes as a whole, 50% of government tax revenue comes from income tax and like payroll tax and shit like that. Yeah. Only 7% comes from corporate taxes. Like if the Democrats even accepting the capitalist framework and accepting this framework that we don't want to tax corporations, if we accepted the 25% uh, corporate tax rate that Joe Manchin wants, yeah. we'd only be risking 3%. That's not a lot of revenue lost. Like I'm telling you right now, that's not a lot of revenue lost. I'm not saying we shouldn't tax corporations. I say tax the fuck out of corporations. Yeah. I hate them. Like one, especially big corporations. But we need more wealth tax. Yes. Yes. Because that's where everybody's getting away look, with everything. Look, I already know what you're saying. I already know what the libertarians are saying. Well, they don't actually have all that money in a bank account. They don't have all of their billions in a bank account. It's tied up in assets oh, wow. and stocks and stuff. I know. Yeah, we know that. I, I literally know, but they have basically an infinite access to wealth because yes. their assets mean that they can pay back any line of credit they take out. Oh, yeah, no, they can take out lines of credit in perpetuity. Yes. Like, and just buy and whatever do. the fuck they want. And they yeah. do. Yeah. And then they just, like, rob people when, as they're working for <laughs> Literally. Them. Literally and then steal from their them. companies are so big and so intertwined within the American economy writ large yep. that they literally cannot fail. And if because if they do... The literal world economy will destroy. Just crumble. Just, oh my God. Yeah, it would just, I hate it. I hate it so much. The plan also invests some amount of money. I think I saw like 56 billion into the IRS so that they can actually at least try to track down Mm -hmm. money from wealthy people, which is like something that has been advocated for for a while. I know, I think Trump may have, I don't know if this is 100% accurate, but I think Trump gutted some aspects of the IRS so that they couldn't track down wealthy people. And just by the way, if the IRS isn't funded, they have to result to tracking down the wealth from poor people, middle class people, because Mm -hmm. they don't have the resources to track down all of the wealth that billionaires make. Yes. And it's a lot easier to audit somebody's taxes if they are poorer or middle class than it is to uh, hunt down someone who makes, you know, on levels that Jeff Bezos does. Someone who's poor or middle class simply cannot afford, uh, like, one, to fight any of these, like, unjust claims, maybe. And two, someone who's middle or working class just cannot hide their money in offshore bank accounts. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Like, can't can't, um, take advantage. They can't outsource their workers. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) They can't take advantage of the step-up in basis and pass on millions of dollars in stocks tax-free to their inheritors. Yeah. That's yeah. that's crazy. And I mean, if you believe in meritocracy or the organization of society that is such that you get what you work for, yeah. then inheritance shouldn't exist. Facts. <laughs> like, Facts. it just shouldn't. And we're not saying that, like, inheritance shouldn't exist, that when your parents pass away, they shouldn't be able to pass you their house or anything. We're saying that the existence of inheritance just spits in the face of the notion of meritocracy. Yeah. And you, you just need to recognize that meritocracy is a lie. Yeah, and I'm, I'm not saying, like... If your parents die, you can't get, like, their clothes or, like, the pictures of them or whatever. Of course you can. The issue is that when millionaires and billionaires pass down enormous amounts of wealth Uh tax-free, then people are just losing out on that money. Oh, yeah. And let's talk about that. Because the taxes reset. Exactly. Let's talk about that. That is the step-up in basis that I just mentioned. Like, are you aware of that? Yeah. Like, you know, dude, fucking, if any of you don't know. We've been in debates about the step-up in basis. Oh, my God. Literally. Yeah. I've shit on some people using the step-up in basis. But um, if any of our listeners don't know, essentially say, I'm a millionaire. I think I might explain this a few episodes ago, but we get new listeners all the time, surprisingly. Yeah, I'll run it back. 
Say I have invested $1 in the stock market. Yeah. And that $1 grows to a million dollars like over the course of my lifetime. As long as I have that money in stock, say it ends at a million dollars, I die. I have it in my will to pass those stocks on to my kids. Yep. If I were to sell that $999,000 gain, I would be paying 20% capital gains tax on it. Now 25. Wow, crazy, maybe. right? Yeah, yeah, maybe 25. <laughs> Probably like 22 if we're being real. I would pay that. But instead, if I pass it on to my kids without selling it, then the basis of the investment would be stepped up to that million dollar mark and they could sell it just tax free. Yeah. It's how rich people get away with like, it's just another way in which rich people dodge taxes. You know what you may be saying? You know, they're just being smart about their investments. Where do you think that money is coming from? Yeah. How is that revenue generated? Oh it is God. the workers that toil endlessly in the factories that increase the revenue that that stock has or the profit that stock can yeah. make. And then it's just being sold tax-free when somebody dies. And them being smart with their money means that I have to pay more money out of my pocket in the future as Michigan doesn't have enough fucking money to fix their roads. Yep. And I'm running over bottles all the time, constantly having to fix my transmission, my wheels, whatever. I'm not a car guy. But anyway, like <laughs> yeah. the point still stands. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, and as as the House Democrats announced this plan and before we get into to Manchin's interview, I am shocked that this came from the House, which has typically or actually does right now have more progressive members than the senate has this looks like a fucking joe mansion plan it's horrible it's It's bad super oh my god and we'll get into it more when we talk about aoc at the met gala but it is just incredibly disappointing overall yeah no i mean like any increase is good but like in the scope of what we could do or what we need yeah it's so stupid like what did we i understand why people are so frustrated because we fought so hard in 2020 Mm -hmm. Uh, through all mediums of activism, whether you were like knocking doors, making phone calls, or just advocating to your friends, we worked so hard to get progressives elected just to see this. Oh yeah, one thousand percent on false promises. Yeah. And and Joe and like Joe Biden was promising to be like a hero of the working class, and he's only advocating for like a twenty eight percent corporate tax rate. Yeah, and dude is just walking back on all of those things that he was trying to do, being yeah. that hero of the working class. Yeah, crazy, right? Yep. Uh, anyway. Uh, when House Democrats announced this plan to generate all the money for reconciliation around the same time, Joe Manchin went on CNN and he said a whole lot of stuff. <laughs> he really <laughs> said a whole lot of stuff. Yeah. And um, that's it. I, I don't remember specifically what day the CNN interview was, but he had an interview with Dana Bash and the topic was really just the budget reconciliation bill yeah. and what Joe Manchin's stances are on it. And she pressed him like I've never <laughs> seen him pressed before. She was going in on this. Dude. Yeah, no, she was she was going in when he was asked about the three point five trillion number. Manchin basically says uh, that Chuck Schumer is not going to have his vote if mm-hmm. they move forward with a, a vote on the budget reconciliation at any point. Um, and he also said, what's the urgency? Bro, the urgency is people being evicted from their homes, mm-hmm. starving in the streets, people losing their jobs. Also, um, I'm pretty sure a Washington Post article came out earlier today, Sunday the 19th, for anyone wondering if you're watching like later when it was posted not on patreon you know you get access to the episode <laughs> <laughs> but anyway washington post article came out today that was saying that a lot of insurance providers are ending their like free covid shit yeah so people are starting to have to like pay for tests they're getting footed with huge medical bills because of covid related reasons yep. because just a small minority of the population refuses to get vaccinated and just refuses to do anything good 
And by the way, like we talked about a few episodes ago, people's uninsurance benefits are going away. Oh, yeah. They've been gone for like a month now. Well, yeah. They've been gone for a minute. They're going away. They're drying up. People's bank accounts are, you know, returning to crisis mode. So a lot of people do need help, and the urgency is immense. We're still in a pandemic. Oh, yeah. We still have record high unemployment as well. Yeah. And he also said that um, West Virginia is facing a lot of issues with inflation right now. As if West Virginia isn't literally falling apart at the seams. As if West Virginia isn't the poorest state in the union. Yeah. And like he used that. He used that later in the interview to say, well, West Virginia needs these. Oh, yeah, because he was pressed later on about how progressives in the House are threatening to not vote for the uh, bipartisan infrastructure bill, the traditional hard infrastructure bill. Roads, bridges, clean air, clean water, that kind of stuff. And kind of barely even clean air, like green energy provisions, too. That was also gutted by Joe. Oh, yeah. Clean air to the extent that, like, you won't die as soon as you breathe in. Yeah, literally. (laughs) That that you don't have to wear, like, a respirator outside. Right. (laughs) Republicans um, would hate that, too, by the way. Yeah, yeah. So he was pressed about that. And he said, I I just can't stand for that. Uh, And then he started, like, shit talking AOC. Like, the whole interview is vaguely, vaguely misogynistic. Oh, very. Like, in a way. Like, he was kind of patronizing Dana. But... Anyway, like aside from that, he said, no, West Virginians need these roads, bridges and roads. You know what West Virginians also need? Unemployment insurance, health care, yeah. uh, universal pre-K, free child care. Free community college. Shit that you said. Maternally. <laughs> yeah, shit that you said was not infrastructure that we're trying to get into the $3.5 trillion he bill. Also ne- West Virginia also needs people like him to stop funding the coal industry and destroying their environment. And their lungs. Yeah. <laughs> like, no, and I was going to get into this later, but Joe Manchin is literally just a coal baron. I hate this dude His so whole much. family has been dedicated to the coal industry. His son yeah. right now runs one of the coal companies that he also protects through yes. his position as a politician that represents West Virginia. Yes, where his door is open to Axon like, Mobil every week. We've talked a lot about how his like centrism act is just that. It's an act. It's a performance. But it literally is just a performance to protect the coal industry, yes. big oil, big gas, and really every other mode of ca- gaining capital. Like He is lying to you. He is not a warrior of the working class. If he was, he would be advocating for the reconciliation package. He would be excited to vote for the reconciliation package. Even if you wanted to tone down the kind of uh, big government method that we're using to get the reconciliation package through, he would be supportive of every single provision yes. because it would help every single West Virginian, everyone. Speaking of like that and green energy also and just him shilling as an oil baron, he brought up, he was pressed about clean energy and shit yep. like that. And yep. so he brought up, do you have the numbers that he said? No, well, anyways, but I think I vaguely remember them. Yeah, I don't think they really matter. Anyways, in two, he said in 2000, a certain sector portion of the economy, like energy market was made up of natural gas, certain was oil, and certain was um like cool. electric and renewable energy. And he said in 2020, now renewable energy has grown and everywhere else has shrinked. So he used that to say that why would we incentivize companies to switch to green energy now when they're already slowly making that transition? It's because they are slowly <laughs> making that transition. No, literally. And our planet is dying. The ozone is melting. The ocean is becoming acidic. Yeah. Like. Yeah. Oh, and my it's, God. It's going to affect areas like West Virginia. It has been for like 50 years. Yes. All of the pollutants that uh, coal companies in West Virginia have pumped into the air have literally poisoned the residents. Dude, it's, fuck, it's actually like, ridiculous. And you, you, it's not even as if the, uh, the U.S. government would be authoritarian in saying, like, we have to transition to green energies because all we're doing is adding incentives, mm-hmm. market incentives, which is a function of the market. 
So it's not as if we're saying like transition to green energy or we're going to like destroy your corporation. We're going to like unravel it all. We're not saying that. Mm -hmm. It's literally like tax incentives, bro. It's no, literally, it's fucking nothing that progressive. Even it's working within the capitalist framework to have these companies stop hurting the planet as much as they are just a little bit. Yeah. Let me let me put let me just like center this uh, acidic oceans for you real quick. For any of my uh, more chemistry inclined listeners out Mm -hmm, here. mm Marine biologists. Exactly. pH works on a logarithmic scale. That is one point increase in pH, say from pH 7 to pH 6, decrease, not increase, would increase the concentration of hydronium ion, which is what makes something acidic. It's extra H plus, like roaming around within the the molecular stew. One uh, decrease in pH increases the concentration of H plus by a power of 10. Take that and expand it across the whole entire ocean and all of marine life as we know it would die, except for a few species. Yep. Crazy, right? Yeah, and that will completely tank the entire fishing industry, which is a source of food, yeah, by the way. Yeah, and we'll just die because yeah. the water will be too acidic. Oh, yeah, like, and we can't drink. It's just not physiological <laughs> pH anymore. We're just actually fucked. Yeah. Yeah, but it's okay because the market is going there slowly anyway. <sighs> Jesus Christ. The market's only moved towards progressive uh, ideology or move towards progressive changes when we fucking force them. Yeah, to. because of grassroots organizers, because yeah. of boots on the ground organizing, yeah. people actually on the ground trying to convince people to make a change. The, the market will never necessitate corporations or any business to solve things like climate mm-hmm. change, big systemic issues, because the profits are not in solving climate change. Yeah. The profit is maintaining the status quo and doing whatever makes them the most money. And that is not transitioning to green energy at the moment. Yes. But if we make that profitable, then we can even use the capitalist free market to get them to go to green energies, yeah. which is what we should do, which is what Joe Manchin doesn't want us to do. People love to say that corporations will incentivize, like um, not incentivize, they will prioritize long-term gains over short-term gains. Clearly not fucking true. Yeah. Because the planet dying in the next hundred years, that's a that's a pretty uh pretty big risk. Yep. And they are clearly don't give a fuck. Mm-hmm. So Yeah. That's anyway, fun. We'll move on to um Manchin saying that he wants to tax the rich more. He wants them to pay their fair share. Yeah. But he also wants to remain competitive. Oh, as oh if, yes, competitive in the global marketplace. Like we said before, as if corporations are going to abandon the American market. Yeah. And yeah. They're not going to. And by the way, like we give more tax breaks to them than most other countries mm-hmm. do. Mm-hmm. Maybe all other countries that they would relocate to. They're not going just, anywhere. We don't have manufacturing here anyway. Right. Our, like all of the all of manufacturing has been shit on. Yeah. Like come on now. It's all outsourced anyway. Capital flight is already happening and you're telling me that the only way that we can get these corporations to stay is if we just don't tax them anything. Mm-hmm. I've seen numbers floated around that the corporate tax rate should be 15% because oh. a global minimum, like there are talks for a global minimum minimum being imposed of 15%. Bro, yeah. I'm a cry. When I was doing some research, I found some like libertarian economic institutions. Didn't know they were libertarian before I started reading, but I could quickly <laughs> decipher that they were and then subsequently confirmed it through some more Google searches. <laughs> no, yeah, that that is absurd. Um, but then speaking of like a, a tax rate, Dana Bash went on to say that while Democrats have released a tax plan that's going to cover all of the reconciliation bill, it won't raise the national debt. Yeah. And Manchin literally just said, I disagree. <laughs> and he said he wants to keep the competitive tax rate. Uh, and he's literally just pontificating. He's not saying anything. Yeah. He just no. doesn't want to tax his friends more. Endlessly dodge the questions. Yeah. And then Dana Bash also brought up about how he's like, 
in daily chats with Exxon or yeah. weekly chats with Exxon. And he's like, no, I, don't, I keep my door open for everyone. He, said, he literally said, quote, I keep my door open for everybody like yeah. all the time. Yeah. And he said also that House progressives that are saying they're not going to pass the bipartisan deal unless they get a reconciliation bill. He said they are playing politics with people's needs mm-hmm. as if he literally is opposing giving poor people better access to health care. And then didn't, didn't Dana say, well, aren't you? Like, don't people say <laughs> yes. that about you? Yes. <laughs> and then yes. he's like, well, mm, well, he just couldn't answer the fucking question. Yeah, no, he, he literally can't. Um, and in regards to a child tax credit, he said that we are not doing anything needs-based. Like, the child tax credit is going out to people that don't need it. Yeah. Um, and he also said that, like, all the stimulus bills have done that. But they're literally for people's needs. Dude, he said, this dude said, in regards to the stimulus bills, he said, everybody knows somebody who said, I don't know why I got this. I don't know anybody who's saying that. Yeah. I know a lot of people, and no one is complaining that they got the stimulus. Yeah. Like, <laughs> and, and even, like, if we're not basing our uh, our conversation off, like, anecdotes, people are benefiting from it regardless yeah. of if they're comfortably well off or they're in dire need. And it's also the fact that it's a stimulus. It's meant to just be spent. Right. No, like, exactly. Yes. It's meant it's meant to stimulate the economy. Whenever government programs are implemented on this large of a scale, 350 million people, the population of America, of course some people are going to slip through the cracks. Of yeah. course some people are going to get the money that aren't supposed to. Right. I would rather people get the money that aren't supposed to than people fucking starve that, that when they gonna, don't have to. That was going to be the point that I was going to make is like I'm okay with – some family that makes $120,000 a year getting the full, what is it, $250, $400 tax credit, whatever. Yeah, some shit like I'm that. okay with them getting that as long as poor people are not literally dying because they don't have access to a yes. child tax credit. I am fine with that yeah. because I care about human beings and Joe Manchin does not. A thousand percent, dude. Yeah, no, he, he literally does not care. Um, and then he ended the, uh, or like the 15 minute interview ended by Joe Manchin saying that Democrats and Republicans. They just don't talk to each other enough. You don't know each other's children. You don't get coffee or, or even dinner with each other enough anymore. You don't know their spouses' names. Very inclusive to say spouses. Yeah. No, no. It's like, good job, Joe. It, it's, it's insane that he is saying this because 147 Republicans literally tried to overturn a Democratic mm-hmm. election a few months ago. And it's also at the insane. beginning of the year. It's also insane that he's saying this because what was that clip that came out like three weeks ago? I can't remember which Republican <laughs> it was. But he said, you all should be thanking Joe Manchin because yeah. he is really furthering our cause as Republicans. No, yeah, they are using him. Yeah, they're just making fun of him behind his back. Not even behind his back. Like on national TV, they are making fun of him. Mm-hmm. And he's like, yeah, bro, I know. I know their names. Like I know their kids names. I get dinner with them. We're yeah. chilling, big chilling. All in all, Joe Manchin is not a hero of the working class. Don't let him fool you. He's literally just protecting corporate interests, and that's all his family has ever done Brother to West Virginia. Demon. And if he really, if he really cared about the people in West Virginia, he would be for these things like Medicare for all, and he would be for more rehab programs. Yeah. He would be centering a lot of his politics around like drug reform, considering that West Virginia, in particular, as the poorest state in the union, suffers from a lot of drug abuse and a lot of drug-related crime. Yeah, no, I was literally just about to say their like, drug use on. in West Virginia is exponential it's compared to the rest of the country. stupid, and I've never heard him talk about that. No. He does not give a fuck about anybody. Nope. He said his most progressive stance, I remember he said this like in an Axios interview, uh-huh. he said his most progressive stance is that he believes in climate change. And he doesn't. <laughs> yeah, literally, he literally, he doesn't, he doesn't even, be- if you believe in climate change, then you must believe in what scientists are saying would solve the issue of climate change yeah. or at least get us closer to that. But he doesn't even want to do that. He wants the free market to figure it out. But no, he this did guy, his own research. <laughs> this dude is literally just LARPing as a working class hero. He doesn't care about you. I hate him so much. And this guy sucks. This guy sucks. Yeah, in conclusion, I hate Joe Manchin. Yeah. Anyway, 
Moving on to our next topic, we got some results from the Newsom recall election that I think we talked about a little bit last week. We've been talking about it's been sprinkled in like yeah, every we've, other week. We've talked about it before, but um, all in all, Gavin Newsom is staying the governor, which is a good thing. Yeah, surprise, won, surprise. He won by a large amount. He won by yeah. like 30 points. Even like I was kind of surprised too. I thought and there was going to be low Democrat turnout. It's not really that he won, but like the no votes won. So yeah. his recall Failed. lost yeah. by 30 points. Um. Anyway, so the, the recall voting started last Tuesday and like before the night was over, it was pretty clear what was going to happen. They mm-hmm. had like 80, 70 percent of the votes in. And it was it was basically like mathematically Larry Elder could not become yeah. the governor at that wash. point. Uh, it was it was pretty clear that Newsom was going to remain the governor for the rest of his term. And this really isn't surprising, although we've kind of hyped it up to be mm-hmm. um, because the last time California elected a Republican was Arnold Schwarzenegger in 2006. What is it with them and these movie star <laughs> Republican governors? I swear, dude, <laughs> it, it, the last time was in 2006. And Arnold Schwarzenegger also was originally elected, I think, in 2003 because of a recall election. So Dude. it's it's not really as if he won in like a normal normal style election. And like 2006 was not that long ago. No, you not know? at all. Not, I Jesus. mean, it, it's within the last two decades. Yeah. God. Um, but like I said, Newsom was not recalled with the no getting 63 percent of the vote. Um, and even though Larry Elder and the GOP laws launched a massive campaign against Gavin Newsom, they just couldn't pull it off. They also claimed election fraud. Oh, before the results yeah. were in. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. claimed it's, it, the election was stolen, I swear. No, I think it was, I don't know how true this is. I saw somewhere, though, that apparently on Larry Elder's campaign website, they accidentally put up a notice that the election may have been stolen like two days before voting started. <laughs> <laughs> I believe it. I believe somebody it. can fact check me on that, but I'm pretty sure something like that happened. And by the way, like Trump was on, I don't know if it was Fox News or like Hannity show, whatever it was, he was on somewhere saying that there's probably going to be election fraud if Gavin Newsom stays the governor. Dude. Like, they were just prepping for it. But uh, you literally cannot deny a 30-point loss. No, yeah, that's a huge margin. There's absolutely no margin of error in there. Yeah, and I can say especially you can't deny a 30-point loss because that is this basically the same result that Gavin Newsom won by in 2018. Mm-hmm. And it's the same result Biden won California by in 2020. <laughs> so it's not as if... It's that different. I mean, there's like a few percent difference yeah. here and there, but like it's it's largely the same result. A there's not room. a there's not a fucking chance that there was election fraud. That's not so even fucking funny, dude. Not even a little bit of a chance. <laughs> um, and like I said, the maps for Biden in California and Newsom in California for um like their like the turnout heat map or whatever yeah. were almost identical. Like except there's lower turnout for the uh, the recall election, uh-huh. of course. But like it's basically the same. The grift is just too real. Yeah. This is too fucking real. Oh, my God. And I, I heard somewhere also, which, again, I haven't fact-checked this, but apparently the COVID-19 heat map also fits <laughs> with the yes votes. <laughs> like, where there's the highest concentration of COVID-19 cases, there was also the highest concentration of yes votes for the recall. Dude, it's like they just they just want to die. It's like they right. just want COVID. Dude. Right. They literally want to die. It's, it's just especially because the whole thing was centered around uh, Gavin Newsom's totalitarian lockdowns, as Brian Kilmeade put it on Fox. Uh-huh. Like, Jesus Christ. Yeah, and, and the funny thing is that a lot of these, uh, well, I would assume because of how California is structured, like a lot of the yes votes came from like more rural areas. That's uh-huh. typically how turnout works when it's like republicans turning out yeah so i would imagine that where the covid heat maps are lining up with yes votes is not like the most densely populated area in california so it's not la county right it's not la county although la county is getting fucked and has been for for the last two years but like yeah that's crazy that's so crazy (laughs) but now that newsom is safe 
Um, and California won't have Governor Elder. Elder. <laughs> we want to yeah, remind you that first, California needs to fix this recall shit because it's bad. Oh yeah, it's it's really bad. Like ugh, you only need. I feel like five hundred thousand signatures is low. No, it's twelve percent of the turnout from the previous election. Oh my god. Which is strange. Yeah. Which is really really strange. And like I I think these reforms came from I don't know if it's a Democratic governor or who it was, but it was trying to kind of instill some amount of direct democracy into California. It came with like a slew of other I guess. provisions, like trying to give people more of an ability to like get rid of someone that's bad. Yeah. But in the environment that we live in in demo- in our democracy, people have so little I don't know, experience with democracy. It's not a part of the workplace. It's not a part of their schools. It's not a part of their daily life that when they're given an overwhelming amount of democracy, they don't know what to do with it. Yeah, and it's also just a profound waste of money. Right. Elections are very expensive. Oh, yeah, that's another part. This costs like what? Three million? A couple million. Like just three million dollars? Definitely. Like lowballing it. Too. I thought conservatives were fiscally responsible. Oh, God, no. Dude, you know how much money <laughs> they wasted challenging like the presidential election? Right. Oh, my God. Three million dollars just for Larry Elder to fucking lose? Yes. Yes. <laughs> Jesus That's Christ. So fucking stupid. And I think Larry Elder got like 47% of the. Um, yes voters for recall. Damn, that's crazy. Which only amounts to like 20% of the overall vote. Yeah. But like. It's like how many people? I don't know. I don't damn, know how many voted damn. in the election. Like a million? I don't, I don't fucking know. Okay, okay. But um, he would have been, if Gavin Newsom had been recalled, Larry Elder would be the governor with a minority of votes supporting him. <laughs> or just a plurality of votes among yeah, the recall the candidates. Dude, like crazy. insane. Like it's insane how that works. Um, and also, California ne- does need a new governor. Like, get Gavin Newsom oh, out yeah, at the regular election. It's just not Larry Elder. It's right. not a dude who wrote a book called, like, I'm not saying this. This is the title of his book. <laughs> no, someone's going to clip you. <laughs> Quote, stupid black people, unquote. No, bro. Someone's bro, gonna, what the fuck? Someone's going to clip that. Oh, no. no. <laughs> then they're going to take a clip from last episode where you said more racism coming oh, at shit. you. <laughs> they're going to clip those together and it's going to be over I'm for gonna you. I'm going to get clip They'll post it on TikTok. It'll blow up even more than like our TikTok. Damn. <laughs> yeah. It's over for us. Why Gage Cosmonopolis is bad. A, a thread. <laughs> Why he needs to be canceled. But yeah, we need to get Gavin Newsom out of there. When I say we, it's not, we don't even live there. But yeah, getting a, a farther left governor in the bluest part of the country oh, yeah. would be a lot better. Although I don't think anyone's going to be able to. We really need yet. to fix these strongholds like California yeah. and New York because yeah. they're just cesspools. I mean, at least over in California, he's not diddling people. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, and the third thing I wanted to bring up was that California is like insanely neoliberal. Oh, yeah. Like like it's you so said, it's a, it's a Democratic stronghold, but they can use that as an excuse to not actually do anything progressive uh-huh. because they know that they won't lose. Yeah. And Newsom only perpetuates that. Like, California has an insane cost of living, a practically inaccessible housing market. <laughs> it's literally on fire for half the year. Massive it's homeless population. Rampant poverty, which is, like, in proportion, not as bad as some red states. But uh-huh. when you think about how California is literally the biggest state in the country— and also, it has a higher GDP than some countries do. It's also do. the seventh largest economy in the world. <laughs> right. Like, in the then entire world. <laughs> maybe they should start doing something with their homeless people, the people that are poor in this area, and, yeah. like, just overall platforming uh, activists and and people of color so that they can tell their stories. Like, we need to do some actual changes in these Democratic strongholds. Uh-huh. Or else, like, we're going to lose to a Republican at some point. It's a there. whole lot of old white people. Yeah. 
within the Democratic Party within California, and that that shit needs to change real quick. Yeah, and they're I mean they're only perpetuating like the same systems and structures that have been used to oppress people for yeah. all of American history. It's the same patriarchy. It's yep. the same white supremacy. Yep. It's the same fucking just any other shit. Just with a blue coat of paint. Exactly. That's right. That's right. Anyways, moving on to some ultimately less important news but But news i thought we should talk about less important news like within the grand scheme of things but i feel like news that got more coverage than literally anything else this week yeah definitely maybe it's just because i'm chronically online but like shit my mom was texting me about it like random people were talking about it shit was crazy yeah so you probably know what we're talking about the met gala was a well as of recording a few days ago but probably about a week ago by the time this goes up which is basically, if you don't know, just a fashion exhibit for rich people to it's wear a designer clothes. Celebration of wealth and tax evasion. Right. That's really all it is. Um, and like a bunch of celebrities attend it and they wear fancy clothes the designers make for them. Yeah. You get the idea. Um, and AOC went to the Met Gala and she was wearing a dress that said tax the rich, which attracted yes. the attention of like every single Republican on earth. And just fucking every single like leftist as well. That, too. Yeah. Like, those motherfuckers were arguing about it as well. Probably more leftist than Republicans, honestly. Low key. And Even they though were... she was like, uh, she was like getting crucified on Fox News. But yeah. Leftists like, were definitely more mad about it than Republicans were, obviously, because yeah. they don't have conviction. But... Yeah. No, AOC got absolutely shit on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> absolutely shit on. Um, and I, I figured we would go through and just like give our take on it. Yeah, we you know, on it a little bit on a TikTok. Because, you know, we got to talk about it of course of it's course. news it's culturally it's relevant it happened pretty yeah. recently yeah um like i said the met gala is really just a place for rich people to show off mm-hmm. and i appreciate aoc getting into that forum to try to spread a progressive message yeah. but i think that the issue is that wearing a tax the rich dress while like bumping arms with some of the richest people um even if they're just celebrities bad look bad look bad look really Very bad look. performative look yeah and i worry my worry is that it almost infantilizes the anti-capitalist push Uh like i don't want anti-capitalism and my this is my main concern is i don't want anti-capitalism to purely become an aesthetic yeah it runs adjacent to capitalism rather than being antithetical the mark fisher you know capitalist realism take right and i i never expected aoc to be some kind of revolutionary like i didn't expect her to drum up the bases and like get us all revolting against capitalism i never expected that out of her literally works as a congresswoman right some people may have expected that out of her and i think that they did and that's why a lot of like you know tankies are actually upset about this but i never expected her to be that but i also do not like the idea of anti-capitalism or leftism or whatever uh creation that you want to think of is being treated as just an idea rather than an actual pursuit it's a slogan that you can wear Right. And like, that's it. Yeah. That's, I don't want that. Yeah. No, no. It's pretty bad. And like, it, it started with the tax the rich sweatshirts, which I think kind of like go hard, like a little bit, not going to lie. I would probably get one if it didn't say AOC on it. Yeah. And that leads me to like my broader point that I said on the TikTok. It feels like tax the rich is becoming AOC's own personal brand. Yeah. Like, wh- that's what people think of when they hear tax rich. They think AOC rather than holding the rich accountable and making them pay their fair share. Right. It's not like it doesn't feel like an actionable thing anymore. Right. And here's how we can defend this, because you have people like Joe Manchin, like we mentioned before, saying that he wants to tax the rich as well. And AOC saying the same thing. Not that that corrupts the idea by any means, Uh but it's that Joe Manchin can agree and not act on it. It is no longer a threat. It is simply something that you can add 
to your talking points because it's not actually being done. And we know that it's no longer a threat because of the tax plan that we just talked about like mm-hmm. 15 minutes ago mm-hmm. that is incredibly lackluster off the jump and it hasn't even been voted on yet. Yeah. <sighs> and it's not like it's not like this is AOC's fault. Like AOC does a lot of yeah. good stuff. She's pushed for a green economy, the reconciliation bill, other progressive ideas. It's not as if we hate her or anything like mm-hmm. that. But I just it defangs the movement. Yeah, that's it, what it does. It just it feels AOC. Like I'm yeah. sorry, it just feels like something she would do. I feel like this is very on brand for her, pun intended. Yeah. Like and like part of it, it was meant to be a performance. It was yeah. meant to generate outrage, and it did. Oh, thousand like, percent. She, Every she, single had, person she admitted that the point of doing it was like to get people mad. Yeah. Like that. That's the point. And again, I appreciate her getting into this kind of forum because I think making leftism cool or more appealing to a broader <laughs> very base important. is a yeah very important yeah. thing to to pushing us further to the left. But I also think that, like like I said, I just really worry that it's going to become more of an aesthetic mm-hmm. rather than an actual rallying cry for supporting the working class people. And this isn't even saying that she's like, now she's out of touch with working class America. Yeah. She's probably not. Like she's, she was a wor- yeah. She was a bartender like three years ago. She still does good work in her district. Yeah. But like, I don't know. I don't know. The, the tax plan coming out, that doesn't feel good. Also, before we forget, it's important to mention that she didn't pay for her ticket or her dress. Yeah. She was sponsored to go like yeah. by the designer. And New York politicians are often like invited anyway. Yeah. But that's that's besides the point. Just had to get that out of the way. So people don't think that she spent like a significant portion of her income Thousands as a congresswoman yeah. to go to this event just to do the, put on this performance. That's yeah. not what happened. But like. Yeah, I don't know. I just feel like it's kind of just the most AOC thing yeah. anyway. And it's not for leftists. It's for liberals that love this kind of stuff. Yeah. Which you can have your qualms with that. That's fair. Yeah. And like, again, she might be like for herself an individual. She might be like a Marxist. Yeah. Or she might be further left than she appears. But like she works within the system. Ultimately, she amounts to like a democratic socialist or social democrat, however uh-huh. you want to think about it. She doesn't act on like those right. more radical principles. And a, a lot of... Uh, progressive Congress people have been criticized, probably rightfully so, for uh, similar acts. Like yeah. Cory Bush did the the sit-in. Oh no, it was the, the, the protest the for the eviction like, moratorium. Yeah, was also which, like, I I appreciated that more than I did the dress thing here. Yeah, oh, because yeah. that was an actual protest. Yeah, but like it's more it, impactful for sure. Ultimately, like it's it's about the marketing. You know what uh, I mean? That's what. And I mean, if we want to get into the minutia of it, that's kind of what a protest is. Yeah. Like, I'm sorry, protests are about getting your message across. Your little three-person protest about, like, whatever issue it is that you want to draw attention to on the street corner of your bumfuck town yeah. isn't going to bring attention to what you want like you think it is. Something like this is bringing the attention to the issue. It's just we want to go about things in a way that makes it so that it's getting the needed attention and our message cannot be misconstrued. Yeah. And the reason I bring up Cori Bush is because, not because like I disagreed with her protest at all. I think she did it with Jamal Bowman. I didn't yeah. disagree with her protest at all. The issue I took with it is that it was within their power to do something about the eviction moratorium mm-hmm. well before the protest was staged. Yeah. The they, protest was like, what, three days in advance of it, uh, the moratorium lapsing? Yes. Like, they could have done this before. And but, I know they're busy, but it's your fucking job. The protest came out only, only after it became national news that the moratorium, yeah. moratorium was ending. Yeah. Even though they've been new. They've been new since they put the moratorium up. Yeah. Like, so, and like and- I, I, again, I am okay with, I, I'm not really mad overall about AOC being there, but I would yeah. have much rathered her either be outside with the protesters oh, that were actually protesting. Oh, that's a whole other thing to talk about. Or have gone in there without the dress, something fucking normal, or like not even normal clothes, but just like not the tax rich dress, uh-huh. and like gets on the, the speaker and starts saying like, 
hey, yo, we're going to tax all of you more. That would have been hard. Yeah. If she just said, fuck you, everybody, no, but she wanted to hang out with them. No, and, exa- I yeah. mean, and they're cool people, you know? Exactly. Like I'd want to hang out with them too, not going to lie. Like, like I celeb- can do it. <laughs> celebrities are like some of the most interesting people on the planet. Of exactly. course, you're going to want to be around them. And you'd be lying if you said that you didn't. Oh, for sure. But uh, no, I do think that it would have been much more powerful if she was supposed to attend the Met was going to attend in that dress and when she got there decided no i'm going to protest with the people outside yeah that is what should have happened that would have actually been a powerful statement yeah because the people outside were like being harassed they were being brutalized by the police yeah and that story has gotten no attention it's the only attention that has it has gotten is within leftist circles that are criticizing aoc and rightfully so yeah because honestly she should have been out there in that dress Mm-hmm. She would have got even more attention and it would have been much more positive attention if she did done that. Much more progressive too. Could you imagine if she got like arrested in that dress? If she got brutalized by the police yeah. out there? Like, yeah. dude. No. no and, and I think that her being out there would have reduced the chances that people were, would be brutalized because she's a public she's official. She's a congresswoman. I don't think she would have got her ass beat by the police. No, 100% she wouldn't. She's right. definitely protected. Yeah. But like, God damn, dude. It's it, just kind of eh. It reminds me of, do you remember that photo from, I think, the Occupy Wall Street movement when there's yeah. a bunch of people in the streets doing their sit-in for like however many weeks it was. Mm-hmm. And above them on the terrace was like a bunch of fucking rich-ass white people just Poppin drinking champagne. wine. Popping yeah. champagnes. That's kind of what it reminded me of. Although AOC isn't like that pro-capitalist. Yeah. It just like she was inside with all the rich people having a good time mm-hmm. chatting it up while she did get like on the interview and like discuss the tax of rich plan and all that kind of stuff. It just it didn't feel good. You know no, what I mean? Because no. regular people are not going to these things. And let's be real, the interviews didn't get play. No. I saw it once on Twitter and what I got honestly, attention. What got attention was that one picture of her turned around with the tax yeah, of rich. And honestly, I scrolled past the interview too. Yeah. It's like I know what she's gonna say. She's just gonna talk about taxing the rich and it's not gonna be like toothy. Yeah. It's gonna be out taxing like the Uber rich and none of the millionaire people at there, even though they should also be taxed. Yeah. So eh. I don't know. Ultimately, like it doesn't really matter. Oh no. But yeah. in the grand scheme of the progressive leftist movement, I don't want tax the rich to become less than a threat. Because it is a threat. Uh-huh. It is a threat that we are going uh, to take from you what you took from us. Yeah, and I don't want these performances to stand in for actual, like, protest and actual actual change. And, like, AOC's been to plenty of protests. Like, she was at a Uh a ton of Black Lives Matter protests. She's been at plenty of um, union strikes that happened in her district. Again, we're not, like, anti-AOC, but Mm -hmm. overall anti the progressive movement becoming more of an aesthetic rather than an actual rallying cry. And that's that's a fair criticism of AOC. A lot of her things are simply, like, aesthetic. Like, not going to lie, it's the the shirts she sells, it's this dress, it's the pictures of her at the border. Mm -hmm. And I saw somebody, like, drop her voting record as well, like, on Twitter. That shit's not that great. Her foreign policy stuff is kind of eh. Her Israel takes are very bad. They've progressively gotten better, <laughs> yeah, but they have but, been not great. Like it's it's kind of like ah. And part of it, part of it is the Overton window and how she's constricted by what Congress is actually going to put up to vote on. Mm-hmm. Like your votes aren't going to look good if there's nothing good to vote yes on. You know what oh, I mean? That's facts. And also, we have to consider that within Congress, like she has no power as an individual. Right. Right. It's like the the progressive barely have any power. Yeah. It's kind of a miracle that they have the power. The to, squad like, is what five or shit. six people. I think it's like. <laughs> I want to say 11 people. 11? When did they get so many new people? I think it's like double digits, maybe. I honestly have no fucking idea. Are you talking about the squad or the progressive caucus? Oh, I might be talking about the progressive caucus. The squad. I, that may actually be bigger than... Th- I don't know, but the squad is anywhere between 0 and 15 people. Yeah, let's say exactly, that. exactly. So working with that, that's what, like... In the face of 435? <laughs> yeah, that's 7% of the Democratic, like, 
side of the house anyway they, yeah. they have no power they have yeah. no bargaining power within yeah. congress yeah and again you know maybe maybe having aoc is kind of this just like publicity media figure to get the ideas out there isn't such of a bad thing i'm okay with her like going on interviews even uh-huh. on fox news and like dissing on them hate dissing on the rich yeah. and stuff but ultimately we don't want it to boil it down to just a performance we want more exactly than that. and i wish that these things would be coupled by a drastic wealth tax in the planning stages. Oh yes, to work off of that. Yeah, I wish she would have gone to the if she wanted to still go to the Met uh-huh. Gala, go to the Met Gala and be like, yeah, we, I want a seventy percent corporate interest tax. Yeah, she or corporate said, tax. She said, I want a fifty percent surtax on <laughs> any money over two million dollars, like yeah. some shit like that. That'd be crazy. Yeah, that'd and, have every that'd have people. And she could have also been at the Met Gala and been like, I am not going to allow rich people to hide their wealth behind art anymore. Oh because my god, that that'd have been amazing. Met, because that's what the Met Gala is basically all about. Yeah. It's just rich people hiding all of their, basically evading taxes behind uh-huh. art. They say that it's the fundraiser so that the museum can like stay open to the public for free. Yeah. But like, come on. Come on now. How many people are really like, mm, I don't know. Here's the thing though, is that like, I really appreciate art. I think art is one of the, or like just creative endeavors is the most important thing yeah. in a society. That's <laughs> what makes the culture what They're it gonna is. They're going to be the only job soon. Yeah. That's what makes culture what it is, is creating, making podcasts, by the uh-huh. way. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And this I think we should do everything, expression. we should do everything we can to oppose it. But like capitalism does, it has poisoned that industry as well. 1000%. Yeah. And regular artists get fucking exploited all the time in mm-hmm. the art industry and they get basically nothing in return and then these capitalists get to hide all of their taxes behind their art collection yeah the taxes and art that little intersection that shit is crazy specifically tax evasion like yeah. within art yeah that's a that's a whole nother topic yeah but i mean that kind of sums up our, our aoc take yeah ultimately it's, not it's probably not going to matter in a week probably not going to matter by the time the pod drops overall it doesn't <laughs> even really matter right now yeah but it's just an interesting thing to talk about and you know, it we didn't even to. matter then yeah you know we got to get the the broader expanded take yeah. out there you know we got to you know we got to and you know let's let's end on kind of a happy note almost yeah kind of and like speaking of things that don't really matter where nothing actually happened <laughs> nothing the, the all the capital shit actually just a joke yeah 350 people showed up to the Justice for J6 hey, rally. wait, but that's between 300 and 500. I said that last week. <laughs> oh, that's true. That's true. It was estimated that upwards of like a thousand people were going to be there. And there ended up being more media and police personnel than there were actual protesters. Good. <laughs> Which is, yeah, yeah, no, for real. Got to keep these motherfuckers in check. Yeah. But like, damn, it was kind of just like nothing, which is, it's very good. But but you know why that's the most interesting part about the event? Why? Because the shit was like plagued with conspiracies about what it actually was. Like um what is it? Various outlets like NBC and the Rolling Stone have yep. reported that lack of attendance is traced back to motherfuckers on various online forums like 4chan claiming the protest is a fed operation. Yeah, yeah. Wow. They said it was going to be a honeypot for like just to get these people arrested and that the feds were going to egg them on to get them to commit violence. They were not going to. Bro, do if that. it's that easy for y'all to commit violence, <laughs> right? Like, one. And two, Donald Trump himself even backed up those claims by saying, and I quote, on Saturday, that's a setup. If people don't show, they'll claim lack of spirit. And if people do show, they'll be harassed. Harassed by who? Yeah, no, the police literally opened the gates last time. Yeah, there were, like, three counter-protesters. Like, counter-protesters, and that's it. And it's like, they were just kind of being like, no, they do deserve to be in prison, actually. If more people had showed up, they probably would have just been, like, given a fucking tour. 
They they would have been allowed to vandalize that bitch again. <laughs> Lauren Bobart would have took him on a secret tour at like <laughs> 2 a.m. <laughs> a little bit of a throwback to exactly. like, what, nine months ago? Yeah. <laughs> I can't believe she did that. But anyway. And like, no consequences, by the way. Oh, my God. Didn't face a single consequence I for know. that. Anyway, Wild. Like, why I think that that claim is so funny is because everybody damn well knows that intelligence agencies don't give a fuck about right-wing extremism. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It took the federal government around 156 years to recognize the KKK as terrorists. Yeah. What the fuck? And we have other white supremacy groups that are just treated as like, oh, they're an interest group. Proud Boys. Yeah. Proud, no, exactly. Yeah, Proud Boys aren't taking it. Uh, Boogaloo Boys, I'm pretty sure they aren't terrorists. There's a bunch of them. Uh, what is it? It's like the three percenters. Yeah, that's a, literally a militia. We but literally recognize as terrorists th- for four years. The United States was in a war with a terrorist organization for the Civil War, mm-hmm. and we never labeled them as te- like today. We don't label the Confederates as terrorists. Mainstream. Fucking insane, dude. Fucking, and that's like that's a point that I wanted to get on. Is that beside this is all besides the fact that the FBI has like ironically historically acted as a white supremacist organization a la Fred Hampton's assassination or labeling Nelson Mandela as a terrorist exactly and like what was that 2000 2001 MLK as a terrorist oh yeah as early as 2001 Nelson Mandela as a terrorist but like dudes like Fred Hampton were murdered for starting free lunch programs and fighting for civil rights whereas vile pieces of shit like David Duke get to run for positions of power Congress as like early no as late as 2016. Oh, and Donald Trump can say was it stand back and stand by? Yes, to white supremacist yes. groups. And Donald Trump can accept an endorsement from David Duke. Yeah, and not really face repercussions from yeah. that. Yeah, and That's Tucker wild. Carlson can get on national TV and literally just be as inflammatory as possible, saying that immigrants are coming to replace you. Yeah, like these people are fucking insane. Could you imagine, like in the 60s, if was it Lyndon B. Johnson during civil rights? Yes. Yes, yes. if he accepted an endorsement from like malcolm x not that malcolm x would ever endorse him yeah or like, like one of joe biden's old friends <laughs> <laughs> did you imagine dude literally <laughs> no but like it took us until 2020 for our department of homeland security to recognize that domestic our greatest domestic terrorist threat was from white mm-hmm. supremacists yeah that was the first time we actually recognized that the first time a president said anything about white supremacy was joe biden's 2020 inaugural speech and it still took them till this year 2021 to recognize the kkk as a terrorist group yes fucking crazy right yeah absolutely and, insane and even though we recognize that we still treat our issues in like the middle east as the biggest threat to our safety yeah they are yes the biggest threat to your safety as a regular, degular person in America <laughs> is white supremacists. White supremacist people. Especially if you're a person of color. I'm pretty sure white supremacists over the course of America have killed more people. No, they literally have. The Confederates were white supremacists. <laughs> right, yeah. yeah. Or even in the modern day, Confederate, like white supremacists have killed more people than fucking terrorism on U.S. grounds. Yeah. I mean, like, the was it the Civil War was the bloodiest American conflict ever. Yeah. Like, more Americans died in the Civil War than any other conflict we've ever had. Actually insane. Like, how... Oh, my God. It's it's so infuriating, especially in the scope of, like, all of history, which has been markedly white supremacist. Uh-huh. Our, our entire education system is just completely whitewashed. Mm-hmm. And we still don't treat white supremacy as if it's an, a thing that we have to deal with. Yeah. We label it as a threat. We and infantilize then we, it. and then Yeah, we infantilize it. And then we still pretend as if Afghanistan or people in Afghanistan pose a threat to us. And then, and then white supremacists turn around and they sort of uh, project 
on to like themselves what intelligence organizations actually do to left wing groups. Right. Like, no, exactly. They think that they're being infiltrated like left wing groups are being infiltrated and like broken apart from within. It's actually fucking insane. I don't know if this is still a conspiracy, but didn't like the FBI kill Martin Luther King? Yeah, no, I've seen a lot of evidence bunch about that they were that. going to. I think there is some evidence that the FBI had a hand in killing Martin Luther King. That's why I brought up Fred Hampton, because I know, like, that case is so, like, clear-cut. Like, oh, no, they did kill Fred yeah, Hampton. Yeah, they literally did. They worked with the Chicago PD to shoot, I think, over 100 rounds into the uh, into the apartment. Yep. And then they lied and said that the Fred Hampton, the people were there, shot first when forensic evidence said, no, the fuck they didn't. Yeah, and, and it's not even surprising, because, like, every police apparatus works on a basis of white supremacy. Yeah. And it's not it's and again, like it's not individual police officers fault. Like if yeah. if you're a fucking cop listening to this, I am not telling you that it's your fault. But what I am saying is that all of the American government government has worked on the side of white supremacists mm -hmm. and you are a part of the American and government. Individual police officers contribute are complacent within that. Yes, that's the thing. That's why you say there are no good apples. And police have historically upheld unjust laws that disproportionately target marginalized people yeah. while doing very little to fight for reforms. I don't think any police officers were opposed to stop and frisk. You didn't see the police unions like advocating against that. Yeah, the police unions literally operate on the side of capital. Oh, yeah, no, that's, like, that's it. That's fucking it. They, they operate on the side of capital and the government. Like Ooh, they're not for you. That was another thing that I forgot to mention. We were talking about taxes. I read some figures saying that um. The largest like government agency like increases with new tax revenue is going to the executive branch. <laughs> so so funding the the CIA, the FBI, the police, shit like that. <laughs> the Pentagon, literally everything. Fucking stupid. <laughs> oh my god, I cannot stand these people. You know what? Hen the office is going to change that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we got it. We're, We're going to really use our platform right <laughs> to make a difference. Our platform of 77 recurring listeners. That's right. Hey, out there. It keeps increasing, though. That's true. Every, Every week, day. more and more. Tell your friends. Tell your friends Tell your about friends. You know, and if you want to help us, become a patron. Exactly. Become a patron. Become a patron. You know, give us five yeah. stars. We'll read your review. Yeah, that wraps it up for the episode, I do believe. Um, but before we go, of course, special thanks to our patrons that make this episode possible. That's right. We're going to thank Gage's mom, Ooh. Nikki Nine Lives, yes. TX, Chris the Postman, Luke Harris, and my mom for Let's supporting go. the show on Patreon. If you want to have your name amongst this elite list, become a patron. The elite list of the, the top patrons. And if you become a patron, maybe one day we'll figure out how to consistently get full video episodes facts, out to you. Facts. Yeah, free. No. <laughs> that's that's definitely a conversation. Maybe once the first of the month hits and we can buy a camera with some of this money. <laughs> now, even this episode will not be full video because we already lost some footage. <laughs> but that's okay. That's okay yeah, because we're working on it. We're really living the leftist experience. And if you want to help us get a camera, get more patrons. Yeah, tell your friends. Become a patron. Tell your friends, friends. If you're already a patron, talk to more people to get us some more patrons. And look, it's the money's all going to go back into creation. No, literally. Yeah. Like, it's all going to go back into making, go. making better content, <laughs> making it more consumable. You already know. What we have right now pretty much just pays for gas to like get here every week. So, like coming over from college to get to the studio, which is great. I deeply appreciate. Oh that. yeah, yeah, yeah. All of you that are supporting right now, we love you. Yeah, you are not taken for granted at all. That's right. That's right. Uh, thanks for listening to the show. Bye, y'all. Later. <laughs>